From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob. Welcome to all of you. Appreciate you being with us. I'm Bob Dunning, and I am host of the Bishop's Hour as we launch our 25th year on the air here. Thanks to everybody who has helped us along the way, especially you, the listeners. Well, we have a special day here. We have the speech contest winners from uh, all of our great Catholic schools throughout this uh, massive diocese of Sacramento. They had a speech contest a couple of weeks ago at St. James, my home parish, in the great city of Davis. And uh, Lori Power is here to explain all about how this worked. Lori, good day to you. Hi, Bob. How are you today? Doing doing fine. I, I love having all these kids in the studio. I know. It's so wonderful. We love having them here at the Pastoral Center. Yeah. So um, this is our 26th year of having our diocesan speech contest. Just one year longer than the Bishop's Hour. That's exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. Um, and every year we pose a topic that is you know based on our faith. And this year we chose um, Catholic social teachings. So the students got to choose one of the seven themes of Catholic social teachings, and they have got to research it. There's only and seven. Decide, There's only, only seven. seven. There's only seven <laughs> themes, yes. Um, and the question that was posed to them was, as a faith-filled adolescent, how does this particular Catholic social teaching theme guide you to be a leader in our church and in society? Mm. And so that is what they wrote to and then what they prepared with and then what they presented and competed with two weeks ago. Wow. And so how uh, do they read their speeches? Do they uh, memorize them? How does that work? Well, the rule is you can have note cards, but these amazing men and women had completely memorized and presented like they were on stage. It's just amazing. And I know for your listeners today, they're not going to get the full effect because they're not going to see the hand gestures and the eye contact and the body language and all of that. But um, they all had memorized and just did an amazing job. Wow, I, I I was went to a high school play the other day. Twelve, the old twelve angry men, the twelve jurors. Except that now today's it's twelve angry people or something, you know, just because because there were a lot of women in it as well. But it was uh, young kids. It was amazing. I, how do they memorize all those lines? It was, it was hundreds and yeah. and I the times we've had the speech contest winners in here, I'm just amazed that you could remember all of that. I'd get nervous. I'd get stage fright but just wait till you hear them they they are pretty am- they are amazing and we always say that our church is in good hands when we have yeah. students like this coming up the ranks for sure and seventh and eighth graders seventh and eighth graders we had about 40 students compete this year and um yeah it was wonderful we have the toastmasters every year are our judges they volunteer their time to judge for us and um, it's just great. It's Those are people who actually work on teaching people how to give speeches. They do. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what they do. I remember um, my mom was one of them. Oh, yeah. 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 She gave me a lot of speeches over time. I'm sure she gave you a lot of talking to. <laughs> how do you deal with a <laughs> unruly son? Right, yes. right, yeah. right. Yeah, indeed. So, and they, they come from all of our Catholic schools throughout the diocese. Yeah, the majority of our Catholic schools participate. This year we had winners from... Um, variety of schools which is really wonderful to be able to show that and um yeah we had we had 19 schools participate this year wow so you have it in the gym at st james we do it in the gym and we also do it in the smaller rooms also in the parish center we have three sessions going on at one time and all of the students give their speech twice to two different sets of judges and then we total all the scores and then the top five um, people who place in the top five then become the finalists. And then with a clean slate, they present their speeches to everyone and all of the judges in the gym. And that's how we have the finalists. And who are the judges? They're the Toastmasters. Just, oh, just, just, just Toastmasters. That, they, they all volunteer. They, themselves. they volunteer every year. Yep. I thought maybe they were just uh, arranging the furniture. No, they're just, they're, they yeah. volunteer. We just provide them Starbucks coffee and some morning treats and they're happy. Yeah. That's yeah, great. They're great. They're great. That's great. So is there an audience? Yeah, the parents come, uh, grandparents. They clap and whistle and oh, all that? Stomp their really feet? Li- not stomp their feet, but or, but they definitely clap. Oh, yeah, everybody's very impressed and inspired by these kids. You know, I, I remember uh, St. James had a leaky roof or something a few years ago, and so we were having mass in the gym with the bleachers out. And yeah. it was the only place to sit, you know, and I'm a sports writer, and <laughs> 
I mean, I was getting ready to yell your prayers. Yeah, yell, yell my prayers out. You know, guard them a little better. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's well, that's that's wonderful stuff. Um, do you want to introduce the very first one? I, sure. Yes. So um, in, we have four, four. We have four four winners here today, and they're all going to present their speeches. And wonderful. I'm sure that they'd love to chat with you a little bit as they well. They know I'm going to grill them. I've well, I've really you soft them? sold you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I told <laughs> you, you're a teddy bear. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so our first um, speaker today is our fifth place winner, Cecilia Serrano, and she comes from St. Charles Borromeo School here in Sacramento. Very good. Very good. Hello. Hi, Cecilia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, you are in what grade? I'm in eighth grade. Eighth grade. And you have you gone the whole your whole life to St. Charles Borromeo? Uh, no, I went from St. Patrick's Academy to St. Charles. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. St. Patrick's Academy down on uh, way on uh, Franklin. Yes. Yeah, that's a that's a wonderful place too. It is. Yeah. So, um, did you? This is all voluntary. You yeah. you de you decided to do it. Did are you interested in speech or writing or? Yeah, I really liked the opportunity that we were given from our teacher, and it was. It was all voluntarily. Like no one really like got actually chosen. No one was forced to do it, and we all had the option to back out. But I wanted to do it. So have you picked a, a college yet? Um, I'm actually thinking about UC Davis. Oh, wonderful! It's my alma mater. It's a great place. I have two of my daughters are at UC Davis right now, yeah. and they love it. It's it's a great school. Yeah. And what 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 might you study? I'm thinking about like sciences and biology. So you're smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And what about what about high school? High school, I'm th I'm I have two options, but I'm leaning more towards Christian Brothers. Very good, very good. So that's yeah, another 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 great school. So, and what's your other option? Uh, St. Francis. Oh wow, that's a tough choice. <laughs> you you need a coin to flip, and <laughs> yeah. So what what subjects are you interested in at St. Charles Borromeo? Um, I really like social studies and math a lot. Mm -hmm. They, it, they're a good like. I learn a lot with the teachers are all really good, but social studies and math have like really stuck out to me, and I really like both of them. Very good, very good. So, as I understand it, you you got there were seven the seven themes: mm -hmm. life and dignity of the human person, called a family, community, and participation rights and responsibilities, option for the poor and vulnerable, the dignity of work and the rights of workers, solidarity, and care for God's creation. How did you pick between those seven? Well, I picked based on personal experience and what is seen, like, a lot. Yeah. And what was the hardest part of, of this for you? Um, I believe the hardest part was finding the right words to get out the right message because... I knew what I wanted to say, but I, I didn't know how to put it into the correct words to make it seem like it was, you know, like a speech contest worthy. But I knew what I wanted to say. What about the competition itself? Was that nerve wracking or? Very nerve wracking. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you stumble and fumble? And yeah, <laughs> a few times. Is, is, it, is it hard to get up in front of a microphone and a bunch of people? Yes, I, I get very bad stage fright. But once you do it a few times, yeah, it, it gets a lot easier. Yeah, it does. So, are you ready to give us your speech? Yes. Okay. This is uh, Cecilia Serrano from St. Charles Borromeo. We've all seen it. A man with a dog, a woman with a baby. Someone with just a cup for money and a trash bag as a blanket. But let's honestly think, do we do something about it? Homelessness is continuing to increase hastily in the United States. According to USA Facts, 18 out of 10,000 people are homeless. The United States is ranked second of all countries, with 582,462 homeless people on an average day. The option for the poor and vulnerable are ways that we as Catholics can help the less fortunate and those in need. I've been in many instances where a family member was in a situation where they needed financial help. Prices in California have risen 18% over the course of three years. My brother, who has a wife and two children, has been struggling to find a house. He's the only one who can work right now, so it's hard to find a house that's affordable and fits a growing family. 
They're forced to leave their apartment and are now living back home. There are many houses being built, but they're so expensive that people are struggling to buy them. There are many ways that we can help those in need and the less fortunate. There are over 455 homeless organizations in the United States itself. Sacramento Regional Coalition is one that is working to end and prevent homelessness. We as young adults can contribute to these organizations by donating, volunteering to help, and encouraging those around us to get involved. By donating to these organizations, homeless people can get the food, warmth, and shelter that they need. But sometimes donations don't always have to be money. It could be jackets, gloves, or hats when it gets cold. What we think of as small and simple acts of kindness can mean a lot to those in need. Hospital bills are another thing that can put a financial strain on families. According to Axios, 11 million people go into poverty because of medical bills. Healthcare workers are often willing to work with those who have little to no insurance, but they can't always get someone the proper treatment. We can't lose hope in these times of hardships, and we need to support those who are struggling by keeping them in our prayers. There are many reasons for financial struggles, but there is help out there. We need to hear God's call and help our brothers and sisters in need. So, when you see the man with a dog, the woman with the baby, that person with just a cup for money and a trash bag as a blanket, will you help them and make a change, or will they continue to be disregarded? Thank you. Very, very good. Uh, really um, topical subject right now. Yeah. Uh, we see it a lot in Sacramento, especially. Uh, it's one of not the leading cities for homelessness, but it's really, and, and I know a lot of people in this city are working very hard, uh, including a lot of people in our church, to uh, to solve it. Well, thanks. Thanks so much, Cecilia. That's Thank very you. nicely done. I, and now I know why you're one of the winners. <laughs> Thank you. Our number two... Uh, today, tied for third. Is it Micah or Mika? Micah. Micah. Micah Espinosa from St. John, Notre Dame in Folsom. Welcome, Micah. Hi. Good to have you with us. Is that a St. John shirt you got on there? Uh, yes. Very we have a special attire on Friday. Very attractive. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Blue and gold. Uh, t- tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Um, what grade are you in? I'm in eighth grade. Okay. Um, uh, I really like uh, literature and uh, math. I just love to analyze the different rules and all those subjects. Very good. Have you picked a college yet? No. but uh, How about a high school? Them. Yeah, Jesuit high school. Okay. And, and what are you thinking of for college? College, I don't know. Somewhere hopefully far. Yeah. So I can just see different things. Yeah. So... Uh, what about extracurriculars? Uh, you involved in extracurriculars? Um, I do track, cross country, and then choir and theater. Okay, so in track, you're a long distance runner as well. Uh, I'm do high jumps in track. Oh, you do high jump. I figured when you said cross country that you, so you don't do any of the distances in track. You just do it in the in the fall with cross country. Yeah, I try to do cross country just to, you know, work out and uh, keep moving. A high jump is impossible. What's your what's your best height? Uh, five three. Oh wow, that's pretty. One year. So. That's pretty good. And how tall are you? Uh, I think I'm like five seven. So you're almost jumping your height. Yeah. Wow, wow. Do you want to do that in college? I don't know what I want to do in college quite yet. Yeah, but you, are you tr- plan to be an athlete at Jesuit? Yes, in cross country and track. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. What cross country is generally three miles in, uh, in an event. In an event, it's usually like a mile, but our practices go around three miles. Okay, okay, very good. So, what was the what was the hardest part of this uh, speech contest for you? I think the hardest part was just getting your ideas on the paper because you have like a feeling of what you want the speech to portray to people, mm-hmm. but to put that into words is really hard. And uh, what about the presentation itself? Is that was that a hard part, or is that something you enjoyed? Yes, I, I get very socially anxious, so I try to put myself in the deep end to just uh, really build more confidence. So it was fun, but very nerve-wracking. Is the, is the bigger the crowd, the harder it is? I feel like the, the bigger the crowd, the easier it is for me. Oh, because really? then I can get just lost in the whole group instead of like one or two people. Very interesting. And which, which, uh, which of the seven topics did you, uh, themes did you pick? I picked uh, options for the poor and vulnerable. Options for the poor and vulnerable. Um, very good. Very good. Was it, was it hard writing it as well? Yes. I went through quite a few rewrites trying to get the 
the right, you know, ideas down. Very good. Well, Mike, are you ready to rock and roll here? Yes. Okay. We all grew up with an image of a Jesus who welcomed children, a Jesus who healed the sick, or a Jesus who mourned his cousin. But if that is all we perceive him as, this gentle, comforting being, then we're missing half of his message. There is a Jesus who flipped tables, overflowing with coins in a temple, a Jesus who was angered at Pharisees, who didn't want him to heal a man with a withered hand, and a Jesus who reacted with frustration at those who said, when did we ever see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? He told them, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. With this, Jesus challenged his disciples to live lives of holiness, and he still challenges us today. Dan and Chris Delaney, founders of Loaves and Fishes, responded to this call. They understood that living lives of holiness doesn't end when you give money in the basket at church. It doesn't end with making a sandwich for the poor. In reality, it doesn't end. It's a path that we must create ourselves. Over the course of 50 years, the Delaney's dedicated their lives to helping others, answering what Jesus calls us to do. In the early 1970s, with the Catholic Workers' Movement, they advocated for farmers' rights and AIDS patients, getting arrested over 30 times for this civil disobedience. Their commitment called them to start a branch of the Catholic Workers' Movement in Sacramento. One of the first needs they met was housing families visiting their imprisoned loved ones. These families spent so much on transportation costs that there was no money left for things like food or housing. The Delaney's answered Jesus' challenge, feeding those hungry and supporting those incarcerated. This paved the way to their founding of Loaves and Fishes, an organization that spans across Sacramento with 12 different programs, ranging from food to medical care to advocacy to legal representation. The couple heeded Jesus' call and built a road to obtain fundamental rights and dignity for others. Just like the Delaney's, we too have an obligation to aid the poor and vulnerable. Most Catholics are satisfied with just donating a can to a food drive or donating money to a charity, but this is not enough. At our school, we step on the path from a young age. In junior K, we made oatmeal packets and gave them to the older kids to serve at egg day. However, Jesus expects us to keep walking down this path. In fourth grade, we visited the elderly and cheered them in song, and we're still walking. In eighth grade, all of us took a trip to loaves and fishes and served meals face-to-face with the needy. If four to 14-year-olds can make a change, then we all can. We all know what we must do, but most of us only take a step on the path and stop. If we want to live lives of holiness in our modern society, Jesus tells us to keep walking and to be revolutionaries of mercy for the poor and vulnerable. Thank you. Wow, your passion is impressive. I've had that experience of serving at Loaves and Fishes, and it's it's pretty amazing to, to see those people and interact with them. And I remember um, the hard work was being done in the kitchen. I was just on the line serving, and I was serving chili, like with a scooper, and I, like about a thousand times doing that. And I woke up the next morning. <laughs> I, had the, I could barely move my arm because it wasn't something I was used to doing. But thank you, and good luck to you. Thanks so much. Yes, thank you. All right, now we're a second place winner. It's Rahel. 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 Rahel uh, Kocheri? Yeah, Kocheri. Oh, very good. Move just a little bit closer to that mic there. Okay. Or pull it closer to you. There you go. You're fine. You're fine. Very good. And you are from uh, Holy Trinity? Yes. Very good. Up in El Dorado Hills? Yeah. Wonderful. How do you get up that hill every day? Uh, actually, um, they paved a new road and a couple years back, and it's not the up the road. It used to be windy. I actually used to be scared. When you we don't ride your bike? Nope, no, <laughs> not there. I think they need a ski lift. <laughs> but um, they paved a new road, and it's not as steep anymore. So. Yeah, you, you probably have one of the best views of any school in, in the Sacramento <laughs> Diocese, I think. Yeah, the view is beautiful. I see the mountains, and it's really pretty, yeah. especially during winter. Yeah, that's great. So you're uh, eighth grade as well? Yeah, I'm in eighth grade. Very good. And have you, have you picked a, a college or a high school? Uh, for high school, I'm thinking about going to St. Francis. Very good. Yeah. And college? Uh, 
not sure about college yet. But you think about that you'll probably go to college? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So what, what subjects are you interested in? I'm interested I'm interested in math and also the arts. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, what about extracurricular? Uh I um I do dance. I also do volleyball and I do choir. Well, so you have a volleyball team that plays like in the PAL and they play other schools or uh, yeah, I'm I in the fall I was on the school team. Very good. Yeah. Do you hope to play volleyball at St. Francis? Yeah. Uh, they have a good volleyball team. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. My son played uh, volleyball for Davis High, and I didn't have much exposure, and then there I was, being, there I was as an ugly parent, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Every time the call went against him, I thought, no, that's not right. <laughs> it's a great game, though. Yeah. So, so what's your favorite position in the of the six? Probably hitter, outside hitter. Yeah. Yeah. What about serving? Are you good at that? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I do overhand serving, and yeah. That's pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, I just learned it this season, and I actually um, I remember my um coach. She kept track of all our serves, and she would um like see how well we performed, like served in our game, because she said that was really key. And I remember my over. Once I started doing overhand serves, she said I only missed one. So you're doing underhand prior to that yeah i was doing underhand prior to that so overhand you can make it more of a weapon yeah it's more like it's when you hit it it's harder so it's like it hurts more so then you they like get scared that they retreat back and right yeah wow well good luck with that so tell us about uh, well first off which which one of these uh topics did you pick i picked solidarity very good what does that mean so it's about like how people come in un unity. It's like our need to understand the interdependency on other humans, because a lot of times people place a lot of um, on s like in independence and like how we can do it on our own. But we really know that it's a lot about interdependency and how we need each other. Very good. What was the hardest part of this for you? Probably writing it, because I remember that my teacher gave it to me the week before. So <laughs> I was like, oh, man, a week and I haven't even wrote it. And I remember three days, three days before, and my teacher was like, how about we um, change this a little? I was like, okay, yeah. And two days later, I memorized the thing. Did you say to yourself, why did I agree to do this in the <laughs> first place? <laughs> sort of. But I was like, it's better to do it than not. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Face your fears and uh, yeah. crash through them. Yeah. What's it like on game day? You know when when it's actually happening. I am. I was actually not nervous because usually a lot. I don't get nervous when it's people I don't know. It's when the, it's the people I know that the crowd. But I was not very nervous, and I just said the speech and very I good. knew what I was doing. So. You ready to do it for us? Sure. Great. Yeah. Jesus is the rock that we gather around in solidarity. His unwavering love is the cornerstone of our faith. But at times we falter and lose our way as we witness social and political turmoil, environmental crisis, and global pandemics, making the need for solidarity even more pressing than ever. This calls into question, how can I make an impact on my community? This brings to mind one of my favorite projects that my youth group embraces. Every winter, we collect care packages for homeless children and food for the less fortunate. We must strive to make a world community where everyone belongs, without national flags or borders. Just as Pope Francis recently said about inclusion in the church, tutti, tutti, tutti. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Solidarity calls us to a mindset that flourishes with love, empathy, respect, and, of course, community. Do you know Benjamin Zander of the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra? One summer, he put together an orchestra of both Israeli and Palestinian musicians. Each Palestinian musician was roomed with an Israeli musician. At first, they were upset with their living arrangements, and as a result, the orchestra struggled to work together, but slowly they got to know each other and the orchestra came together. At the end of the summer, 
not only were they playing beautifully together, but they each went home having made new friends. This exemplifies what solidarity means and that anything is possible. It all starts with acceptance and understanding of many different viewpoints. Everyone wants to be heard and loved. Jesus calls each and every one of you to bring about solidarity. We must look for opportunities to be compassionate, starting with small acts such as a smile or inviting someone who's sitting alone to sit with us at lunch. This requires a total mindset change. Just as Martin Luther King Jr. once said, we must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools. So remember, Jesus is our rock. So come and join me to create an orchestra around our rock. Thank you. Wow. That's beautifully written and beautifully said. That's uh, that's powerful stuff. Uh, the, the one about the orchestra really, really struck me. It's something obviously we could use today. It's very, very, very powerful. Thanks so much. Thank you. Very well done. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Impressive. Holy cow. Oh. Okay. Uh, now we have our our first place winner, Anna. I'm going to, let me, give me a try. Okay. Solier. Wow, you got it. I got it. Yeah, well, I, thank I had good you coaching. so much. I had good coaching. <laughs> uh, I bet, I'll bet that gets butchered every now and then, huh? Oh, yeah. I get a lot of the Soliers, Soleri, the occasional Soulier. Hey, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one over <laughs> that there. One, Come yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. But what, what, what's the derivation of that name? Um... It's it's French. It means shoemaker or cobbler. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yeah. Every every name is is, is fun and interesting, isn't it? <laughs> and you're from uh, Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton in, yes, in I Elk am. Grove. Mm -hmm. Very good. And you also eighth grade? No, I'm you're the only seventh grader. Oh here. wow! So you're back next year. Yep. Wow. Maybe they'll they'll say no, no. You already won it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sure hope not. Yeah. So tell us about yourself. What what do you do at uh, Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton? Well, I like to read a lot, and I love to st spend time with my friends. I like to play volleyball with my sister, and I like to play old video games with my dad and then watch even older movies with my mom, and I like to sleep. <laughs> Sound like a typical teenager. Are you a teenager yeah. yet? Yes, I grade? am. You... I turned 13 a couple months ago. Okay. Okay. Very good. So what, what, what subjects are your favorites? My favorite subjects are English and social studies. They're just English because it's just a great way to express yourself. And I have a really, really awesome coach and English teacher. And everybody I know loves her. She makes class so fun. And then in social studies, um, I'm a history buff. Like since third grade, I've been reading books about like archaeology and anthropology and in seventh grade, you learn about ancient civilizations and the Middle Ages, and that's really interesting to me. I've never heard anybody who said they were happy with English. Do you know the difference between lay and lie and affect and effect and all that? No. Okay. I, I like to be creative <laughs> well, be in English. There'll be a quiz at the end of the show. I'm not very good at um, <laughs> grammar, but the creative part, I really enjoy. Yeah, the writing part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Writing's, writing's a tough spot for me, but worked out. So... so have you picked out a high school? Um, my parents and I are still deciding between St. Francis and Christian Brothers. I visited both both campus, campuses, and I like the feel of both a lot, but I think we're going to wait till next year so I can do shadow days to decide. They're both special places, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Have you thought about college? That's a long way away. Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. But, yes, I would like to go to college just... Yeah. <laughs> Not any named college yet. So what was what was the hardest part for you of, of this assignment? Writing the speech. I, we started pretty early on um, in September, I think. That's when I got the prompt. And so I just, for the next, like, two months or so, I just kept going through topic over topic and trying to put together a speech that worked and felt right to me and then corresponded with the prompt. And nothing really worked. I literally tried everything that I could think of, like music, 
humor, archaeology, really everything. Um, and then a week before the speech contest, or a week or so, my coach approached me and she said, Anna, when you're writing this next speech, I want you to remember this presentation that you did for me in the past. And that presentation had been about how to be an awesome nerd and how to not mm. conform to stereotypes. And I was all for that. I really loved what that presentation had to say about the topic and about me. And so that's what I was thinking about when I wrote this speech and everything fell into place. Very good. So which, which theme did you pick? I chose solidarity. Okay. That's two solidarities. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to, ready to do it? Okay. Nerd. The word nerd first appeared in print in 1950 by the iconic Dr. Seuss in the book If I Ran the Zoo. Dr. Seuss's version of a nerd looked like a short, hairy, bear donkey hybrid with a long mustache. According to the dictionary, nerd is a person considered to be socially awkward, boring, and unstylish. A gawky kid with taped glasses braces, suspenders, and a pocket protector fit the stereotype. These descriptions make it obvious why being labeled a nerd can carry with it shame, exclusion, and loneliness. Solidarity, a Catholic social teaching that challenges us to treat everyone as another self and to understand that Christ's compassion is not limited to just one group. It invites us to create a social life where we connect with others, especially those who are vulnerable or misunderstood. Being socially connected and in solidarity with one another helps ease anxiety and depression, prevents loneliness, provides comfort, and boosts self-worth. My Catholic faith and family has cultivated a world that allows me to embrace my uniqueness and encourages me to share my gifts with others. I'm a bookworm and I love Greek mythology. I love to watch old classic movies. I can recognize the voices of Barbra Streisand and Frank Sinatra. And I even listen to musicals about playing chess. You can't get much nerdier than that. I'm inspired by Catholic social teaching to become a leader in my church and community. I recognize how nerds amongst us help our entire church engage, love, and comfort those who are lonely or struggling. Nerds know how to overcome obstacles like negativity and often walk outside of their comfort zones. Nerds are authentically and transparently imperfect and therefore are empathetic to the imperfections of others and of society. St. Teresa Benedicta says, the nation doesn't simply need what we have, it needs what we are. While I wouldn't wish being teased on anyone, most of us have been there at one time or another, and I believe it leads to greater solidarity in life. It has in mine. There's a sensitivity that comes with being an outsider. I understand brokenness and therefore am moved to help the poor, the disabled, and the vulnerable. Not as an outsider, but as someone in solidarity with them. So the next time you open a box of brightly colored nerds candy, take a few seconds to look inside. And notice how all the pieces are clustered together in solidarity. Share them with others and remember them as a symbol of Catholic social teaching and the ability we have together to heal wounds, change the world, and glorify God. Thank you. I think the people that make nerds, actually, they, that's intentional. They, they, want, they want you to think solidarity when you open it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that was their, they must be Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that's the case. Wow, that was very powerful. Thank you. Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Will you get a million dollars or something for winning? Man, I wish. No, <laughs> I, <laughs> I received a trophy that said first place on it. Um, it's like half as tall as I am. It's wow. kind of crazy. Um, and I received a finalist medal. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, thank you very much. Do, do we have a uh, Teresa Gutierrez? We have some time here. That'd be wonderful. Teresa Gutierrez is the uh, 
one of the, the coaches uh, from St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. It yes. looks, looks like you did a pretty good job. <laughs> it's all Anna and her parents. Yeah, yeah. I, for sure. The coach is saying, it's not me. Uh, not me. Yeah. <laughs> if she fumbled, you'd say it was my fault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. What, 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 are, what does a coach do in this situation? Um, first, I think we just really give our students the opportunity, you know, to showcase really their talents. I mean, Anna is one of those students that, the first time she gave a presentation in my class, I thought, this student is gifted in public speaking. Mm -hmm. So I think as a coach, just giving your students the opportunity to compete in something like this is amazing. Um, second, I think it's really just um, helping them shape their words into a speech because it's very different than right. just than essay writing and not letting them lose their voice. Mm -hmm. You know, you can see Anna's very happy, vibrant she has a charisma about her, and so the topic of Catholic social teaching can be pretty heavy. Mm -hmm. I mean, the church is calling us to look at really serious problems in the world, um, and so it could weigh heavy on anybody, especially somebody who's young and full of life. So helping her use her voice within that speech, and she did, I mean, I, I'm inspired by her all the time. So, you know, she did an amazing job. It's one of the things that makes me, I guess, proud to be Catholic and also attracts me to the church is, is that emphasis on, you know, the, the, we're more than just worship on Sunday morning. Right. I mean, that's very important, obviously, and, and the Eucharist is, is it, you know, but it fuels everything else. I mean, we, when we leave Mass, we're supposed to go out and, and be in the world. And right. every, every topic here that, that these kids picked was along that lines of how we can help change the world and, and uh, just by Catholic teaching. Exactly. You know. Right. They, so, so what do you teach at, at uh, when, when you're not coaching? I teach English to sixth, seventh and eighth grade. Is that hard? I, I love it. I hated it. I, I ended up writing a newspaper column for a career. But if you told me when I was in seventh or eighth grade that I would be doing that, I probably would have quit school. I bet your teacher <laughs> saw it though. Uh, I, I don't think they did. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it for that reason, because I get to see inside, uh, you know, the thoughts of my students. And I think um, being able, given the opportunity to give them feedback and to encourage them to um, express themselves is um, really a gift. I mean, it's it, it really is. Yeah, it's hopeful. I mean, um, our next generation is going to do amazing things in the world. Um, especially youth that come from Catholic schools. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a great it's a great way to spend your day. I remember my high school English teacher gave me a C minus with a note to my parents that I was I was very cooperative and was a nice kid, but you know I could really use some some help with grammar and et cetera. And years later, I got invited to go back to my high school for career days. You know where they bring people in from the community to make a presentation and it was in her class and I was kind of telling a story that I hadn't done very well and stuff and she interrupts me and says oh no no Bob was one of our better students and yeah. all this lies and, <laughs> no, no, and, and I had the note <laughs> with me <laughs> I'm sure that's true though the grammar's just the side thing it's really the thoughts that yeah. um, that teachers look at do we still diagram sentences we do why they, they dread it but I really feel like the visual of it really helps you understand the grammar. And I think sometimes students don't realize that really understanding the grammar makes you a better writer. It almost haps, happens, like, I guess, subconsciously. It just makes you better. Yeah, I've gone from not liking it at all to just, I mean, my kids go, they're afraid I'm, I'm editing their words as they talk. You know, like, <laughs> did I say lay or lie? You know? Yeah. That's my right. pet peeve, lay and lie. Okay. Universally misused. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, don't don't imitate the way I speak. That's for sure. I tell my students that all the time. Yeah. Uh, so. When somebody says um, so-and-so was laying on the beach, I, say, I tell my kids, I said, remember this rule. The only thing that can lay on a beach is a chicken. <laughs> Yeah, the eggs, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, thanks, thank thanks you. Thanks for coaching uh, uh, um, Anna, and uh, thanks for being here. Thanks yeah. for all you do. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity.
that is going to do it for uh, for uh, this wonderful presentation. Thanks, thanks to all of you for coming in. Congratulations and best wishes for uh, for uh, as you go on uh, to high school and uh, college, and you're probably all going to get PhDs. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. Thank you. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the, the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrusites. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. This is James McCormick, President and CEO of the Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra. You're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Welcome back. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour, and uh, we're pleased to welcome in Jennifer Campbell. Jennifer, good to see you as always. Good to see you too, Bob. You are... Wearing many hats today, you're wearing your camp hats. Very attractive. Yes, yes. yeah. Yeah. I like my uh, camp hat. Yeah, yes. And uh, it keeps keeps the sun out of your eyes. And Surely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so it's, it's getting to that time of year where we're going to start advertising our camp weeks. We're not quite ready for that yet, but we are definitely ready to start advertising for staff. We need a lot of people <laughs> to make camp happen. So how many, like, run through your staff. You're the director, the just the director. You should be the executive director. Okay, I'll talk to my CEO. boss about that. I think you should. You've been there long enough. You should be the CEO of Camp Pendola. Okay, uh, we'll yes. just award you that. Okay, so I'm the director, and then I have an assistant director, and um, and then we have our leadership team, and the leadership team is our seasonal staff that kind of like. They're kind of heads of department kind of th situation. Um, so this year we're hiring for a head cook. We're hiring for a wellness coordinator, which is a new title I'm, we're using this year. Um, we're hiring a head counselor and a program director. Sorry, <laughs> my brain froze there. Uh, and a program director. So those are the four leadership positions. Um, the head cook uh, is fairly obvious <laughs> are there are there more cooks besides the head cook the counselors all take turns in the kitchen okay as so so they're kind of they're in charge of um making sure the meals are prepared on time that the kitchen is kept clean all that kind of good stuff um the program director is in charge of all of our activities making sure the staff understand what they're doing that the cabins are assigned to all the different activities and campers have lots of choices um, the um, wellness coordinator, which used to be our, um, it was similar to what we called, it was our um, health center director, health center manager, um, but we're changing it a little bit this year, calling it a wellness coordinator, with their focus being on um, making sure that the campers are feel safe and secure and checking with counselors mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and really focusing on that 
not just like not just are, whether they're not sick just or they're not. sick or not, mm-hmm. but like are they feeling safe? Do they that overall wellness is, yeah. is what we're going for? And then the head counselor is an is another position that we've kind of tweaked from some some other things. Um, and basically, it's it they're a counselor, so they may be in the cabins with the, with campers, um, or they may not, depending on the week and how right. many campers we have. But their job is to make sure that our the the counselors are all feeling confident that they feel like they know what they're doing, stepping in if there's before the you know before the camper gets sent to the director because they've done something inappropriate, like <laughs> kind of giving like a middle ground, sure, like sure. so that it's not always like go see Miss Jen, shoot, you're in trouble. Like it's yeah. someone if the it's something that the counselors are having trouble redirecting then that head counselor could step in. And the head counselor will also help lead some of our, our big all-camp activities, the evening activities, things like that. So those four are kind of helping to make sure all of the pieces of camp are in place. Um, and then our pro, then our most the most people we're hiring are our counselors. We're mm. going to need at least 20 counselors this wow. year. Wow. Um, because in the past we've done... Um, we've, we've, our cabin numbers have been smaller and we've just done one counselor per cabin. Um, these cabins sleep, they sleep every, uh, no, none of the cabins are the same size. So they all sleep different numbers between, uh, 10 and 15. Um, but this year our goal is to put two counselors in every cabin. So we, we're going to need to hire at least 20. Um, we would like to have 12 female counselors and eight male counselors. Um, and so, but they're the people that are there getting kids to the, getting them to go to sleep and helping them to find their socks in the morning, um, reminding them to brush their teeth, all of those things that, you know, um, get, make, make camp happen. And then also the things that make camp fun. They're, they're leading activities with the kids. They're helping in the kitchen maybe one week. They're helping with silly, singing silly songs and, um, and all of the things that, you know, make camp run. But they're just they're kind of given. Here's the instructions. Here's what you're doing. Here's your right. schedule, um, and and really their focus is the campers and making sure the campers. Again, it's that feeling safe and secure. We want our campers to come up to camp and feel like this is a home away from home. Like I feel safe here. I mm-hmm. can be my crazy self that maybe they don't always feel comfortable being at 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 school. Sure. Um, because of whatever reason, right? So we want this to be a place where they just feel like they can relax and take a breath and let their hair down. Let their hair down, yes. But just you know, be silly and be wacky, and and it's like like the silliness and the is sure. is what we love. Like yeah, you know, we have we have campers of you know from from all different areas in our diocese that come and and even in in Reno um, that will come to camp, and we just want them to feel like. This is this is somewhere you can just be your your complete true self as you're a kid and you're discovering who that is, right? Like who at twelve oh, is the yeah. same as they who was at the yeah. same yeah, at forty is the same as they were at twelve. No yeah. like we're changing and but we have to just have a place that's open for us to discover who that person is. Did you go to Camp Pendola? I did not. I was Did a, you go to camp at all? I went to day camps. Mm-hmm. Um just my parents didn't send yep. me this overnight camp. I went to like Girl Scout camp one time and but my parents were big um on taking like vacations in the summer. So we would go for two or three weeks and go to like Yellowstone or like we would go camping. That's and, what our family does. Yeah. yeah, we would so that was a that was like important that was an important part of my get out. My parents was that they wanted to like go places. So we would spend two weeks on the Oregon coast or whatever yep. it happened to be. Um, and it wasn't necessarily going to like an organized camp. I, but I see the value, especially when there are so many kids that never experience outdoors. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes, they go outside. That's not what I'm saying, but there's something about going into the mountains where there's no cell reception. Um, and you're not on your computer. We're not watching TV. We're, you know, going hiking, we're watching the stars, you know, when we've got Father Dean up there, we're getting a great like lesson in um, astronomy. And, and it's just those kind of things that are, you know, out of the norm of what you're doing probably at home, right? Like we want, we want kids to have that experience. Well, you can get into, especially when you're dealing with young kids, and they're not going to have a summer job and that kind of thing. 
um, that they can get into a rut. They can yeah. turn that TV on and mom and dad are both busy or maybe both at work and they can get into a rut where they're just kind of watching sitcoms or, I mean, <laughs> or whatever. not if they're even watching bad television or no. something, but just that uh, like, yeah, that's a fun show to watch now and then generally with your parents. And, uh, but, but that can be yeah. a crummy way to spend the summer. Well, and I would even say like when I was a kid, like it was completely common that like you would go, you could go to your neighbors and play at your neighbors all sure, day and you had to be sure. home when the lights, street lights came on. Right. Like that was, I mean, 80s and 90s like that was that was a thing like we could yep. still do that and parents that's not a thing anymore we it's don't not we don't really know our neighbors it's arranged play dates type it's arranged stuff. play dates yeah. we don't really know i mean a lot of us don't even know our neighbors um it's it's kind of it's been nice um the apartment complex i live in i my apartment is right next to the playground um which is like a mixed bag but <laughs> <laughs> it's great now like lately i've been seeing kids that are just like in the that live in the complex that are just coming in there and playing but that is not was not the norm like even a year ago when i was living there now it's like they all know each other and they're yeah like after school they're coming and playing and, and i don't think that that is as common for people to do anymore like it was when i was growing up and, it's, uh, no, and there's I, something I, important about that I, I really i mean i think maybe it's one of the advantages of growing up in a small town a very small town is that everybody everybody did know everybody Mm-hmm. And and there was, uh, uh, you know, everybody. You kind of trusted the parent. You knew who the parents were, right. and and there just weren't any places that were really off limits. Like don't go there, or don't go to their house, or right. You know, and and yeah, it get to be dark, and maybe somebody would make a phone call and say, "Is Bobby over there?" <laughs> exactly. You know? And I, you know, and and that's that's kind of the fun of camp. So we have to hire these staff so that there is this safe secure place that parents feel safe that you know we we spend almost two weeks training our staff on what to do and how to talk to their how to talk to children and how to like help them um, process activities process whatever is happening if they're upset or homesick um, and then also like to talk about their faith like part of what we do it is is a catholic camp. it's a catholic camp and so part of what we do is encourage them to talk about their faith um, you know, it's not always the easiest thing for counselors to do or to leave space for, um, but it's an important part of it. And it's not something we schedule like you can't right. schedule an impromptu conversation. And I think so part of that training that we do with our staff is that how to like foster that, mm-hmm. that kind of open dialogue. And we yeah. let kids ask questions. Um, I think even in, in like, even in mass, like I'm, if a kid is talking to you and asking you a question, like our, to our counselors, like I encourage it, like sure. let them ask a question. Cause they may be in a spot that they've never seen something before. Sure. Like, cause in our, our churches are set up for adults, right? Like right. they're set up for adults to be able to see everything and kids to see the backs of adults. That's and a, yeah, often the back of your head. Yeah. The back, well, not maybe just see the back of your back. Yeah. Um, and so I think like at camp, everything is, is set for the kids, right? So they may be able to see something. They just have a question. Like we encourage that and how, like how to help our staff to do that. Um, so, yeah. So what sort of train, like, ladies, well, first of all, they have to be 18, right? They have to be 18, they yeah. Graduate from high school. Graduate from high school. So, I I I, I want to be a counselor. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm listening to this show and I think, oh, I think I'd like to do that. I think I've got this summer kind of open. And yeah. So, what kind of training are they gonna? But I know nothing about it. Like, right. I don't want to make a make a bad <laughs> error or something. So they're gonna learn how to do the activities and then they're gonna practice those activities. All the ones that we do, they're gonna learn the basic camping skills that we need to do our overnights. Um, they are gonna learn how to talk to campers, how to um, guide the behavior of campers, because we don't use the word management at camp. I, we guide their behaviors. Mm-hmm. We don't manage them. Um, they're going to learn different ways to pray during staff training. Um, they're going to learn how to use all of the stuff, all of the equipment in the kitchen, including mm-hmm. uh, wa- dishwasher, um, and how to <laughs> clean a toilet, and uh, all those important things, life skills. Um, and that all happens in about a week and a half. And and then we have the we'll have four four and a half weeks of camp to practice, right? Like yeah. So I think um, will they will they be at every camp? 
all counselors that you hopefully yeah hopefully they don't have i mean male or female male there's yeah even our all girls week we do have the male staff do like the kitchen and run more Mm -hmm. of the activities allowing the female staff to just be with campers obviously um but yeah no they're all they're all there all the time um of course if somebody has like a family vacation or whatever like we can we definitely we figure it out and make it work um there's some former staff that maybe just want to come back for a week but can't come so they'll kind of sub out for them and things like that we definitely will we're definitely open to that um the other training they're going to get is they need to be cpr and cpr and first aid certified is Um, that something you provide or they have we either way so we offer one opportunity to do it if you can't attend that then we ask that you find that class there's a million of them for the red through the red cross um we're also some people get trained as lifeguards which is great because when they go back to school, um, pretty much every college campus has a rec center, which includes a pool. I'm, I'm thinking uh, <laughs> about the, all the times, well, with my own kids in college now, um, thinking, I think being a lifeguard, that's a, that's a great job. <laughs> it's know? a pretty good job. Yeah. So I know that former staff, have go- when they've gone back to school during the school year, they are guards, and it, they make a pretty good Pretty, pretty good, good pretty yeah. good salary um so that all of that training is included um and it's so when they're coming we want them to be prepared and we want them to feel like if they can ask a question so um we do offer like offer opportunities during that staff training to like go retry something and mm-hmm. change it or you know talk to ask a question like so how can people get a hold of you learn more so if you go to our website it's just pendola.org and um specifically if you just want to look at the employment piece it's pendola.org forward slash employment very good jennifer always a joy to see you yes thank you i hope uh, we scare up a whole bunch of counselors and cooks and everything else same (laughs) that's going to do it for us for today thanks for listening god bless we'll talk to you again soon
engine the storm 